Hi everyone, welcome back to season two of the podcast. This season we're going to be shaking things up a little bit. We'll be talking about entrepreneurship, starting a brand, social media, imposter syndrome and so much more. This episode I had the pleasure of speaking to Lucas who owns Cheekyco. A lot of you will know him as the Orbs Man and we talk about entrepreneurship, starting his brand, his whole entire journey of how he got to where he is now and his view on entrepreneurship and basically running a business. We answered a lot of your questions on Instagram and as always I hope it adds some value. If you have any questions you can pop them in the comment below. I'd never actually ask this but if you have some time to rate and review the podcast it would mean the world. Anyway let's dive into episode one of season two of the podcast. Enjoy. Okay, good morning everyone, or afternoon, I'm not sure when you're listening to this, so in studio today. Good morning, from <laughs> Candace Boddington's apartment, we've got episode, no, just checking, <laughs> you did the intro. <laughs> we have Lucas from Cheeky Co, and we're going to be talking about all things entrepreneurship, and starting a brand, and his story, um, and answering a few of your questions you popped on Instagram. So I think, for those who maybe don't know you. Who are you? I'm just racing. I'm more nervous than usual. I shouldn't be because uh, this is just everyday business. Um, okay, hey guys. Um, so currently I'm doing like a food thing um, and it's called Cheeky Coco. Um, so basically, Chickpea Confectionery. You may or may not have seen it. Um, check us out online. I'm totally using this <laughs> as a promotional <laughs> thing. Joking. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, we um, we I are doing a bit of a food thing at the moment. Um, I just launched that three months ago. And uh, before that, my last business venture was in a completely different space. In the tech space, uh, it was an Instagram printing business of all things called Nifty 250. Uh, you may or may not have heard of that. Um, that was for about four or five years. And um, yeah, we basically printed your Instagram pictures and lived them the next day. So I've done that and I've got like a history of doing things and bits and pieces. <laughs> I actually have a Nifty 250 printed out in my room. Is that one? No, that's not one of the prints. No, no that, was, that was actually someone just popped that in a goodie bag once. Right. But I have the framed one where you could choose. Oh, uh, that's photos. cool, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like a lot of like a just, I've, I'm a thing doer. Like I've done a lot of weird like businesses and pieces, but the most substantial was Nifty and then Currently cheeky, and before those two, I um, I actually like studied with your boyfriend. Um, I know he I, told yeah, me industrial design. Um, although you like went further, I was like a horrible student. I was like, also no, no, I was just uh, in my first year. I, I started basically my first business, which was then called Craftisan. Mm. So it was a coming together. The pitch was a coming together of a craftsman and an artisan with a K. And Craftisan was kind of like an everyday designer goods brand. And my idea there was to have like a very Swedish aesthetic very minimal, like sort of studio lights, laptop stands, birch plywood, white paint. Um, and I started my life, my, well, my work design life in Design Lobo. Um, so I did, it was like, became an emerging creative. So they give you like a little space in Design Lobo and you sort of sell your goods in a two by two meter square. And I think that's where I just realized that like selling, and this is actually, this is a completely random book drop here, but someone said to me, there's a great book called Shout Out Paul. Um, <laughs> thanks Paul thanks Paul um, it's called To Sell as Human and apparently it's a, it's a book I have to read and anybody that is in the business of selling something or part of themselves or whatever it is but apparently it's very natural for us to stand behind and pitch something it's what we love to do and a lot of us love to receive that kind of pitch as well um, be pitched to anyway so that's a very rough 
crude background. I, I do things. I don't know how to do things. I just kind of figure them out and some fail, some are okay. Do you find that when you uh, start any kind of new venture, you are the person who does everything? <laughs> there's so it's actually quite funny because like so specifically i'm going to try like get away from insta as much as possible because i think we all follow instagram way too much but like there's a large perception that people think that because it looks big it feels big and it's busy that there must be this large team behind it and there's lots of people and lots of budget and i think that's very converse it's very especially when it's very new the emphasis to like get big and grow and scale very quickly is so strong that the people behind the brand or the new thing perpetuate that without themselves knowing about it and people just think like, oh my gosh they're everywhere you know they must be they must be big they must be killing the, it they yeah. everything and reality it's just because of the nature of how social works at the moment where we were exposed to so much so quickly where maybe like five ten years ago even when i was still a lighty you weren't really getting as much of that juice in your face and and it took time for you to notice a business and that time was the years put in where by the time you noted it it actually was sort of set up so no, I'm, I mean, yes, I mean, I'm at the moment, like, you literally do everything. I mean, I don't have like a marketing team. I don't have like a, a I mean, venture yeah. capital firm. I, you know, it's, it's literally me and four ladies and that's my previous, and it's also just the way that I know how to do business. So it's definitely not the only way. Like, exactly. Yeah. There are other ways where you, you're launching a product in the coming month and your build up to that has been getting investment and getting factories in line so when you launch you've got like people doing it for you so like i've always aspired to do that i'm trying to get there so how did you start all your businesses did you just <laughs> shotgun um, okay let's focus on cheeky okay. for this one because okay, cool. i feel like that's because they're all very different yeah. exactly and this one is one that i think a lot of people have now connected the brand to the person because you are quite on social media with your face obviously so people trying to be yeah just yeah. a little bit, not as much as you though. <laughs> not as pro, I don't know, no, I don't know, no, no. I, I get uncomfortable. <laughs> I've taken a big step back as well with my face in it. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's focus on Shiki. Okay. One of the questions was, how do you start? So maybe keeping that in mind okay. with your, your answer. So with entrepreneurial, how do you start? So before Cheeky, we launched, like we started selling around early July this year. So like really, like just over three months ago. Like this That's is all, crazy. This is super, super fresh. And um, I haven't really had a chance to look back or assess if I'm going the right route. It's just a case of like onto the next fire, onto the next fire. But um, I do know, so it started about a year before July in terms of like building up to it and doing research and getting all the things right. Um, but there's this thing that I've become aware of in, in the my little iterations of doing businesses is that the one thing is you've just got to get out there and like literally I know it sounds tacky but you've got to go do the thing mm. like it's the difference between the person that has the great idea or good idea and the other person that just hears that immediately and then the next day just starts playing around and, and you know prototyping and cutting things out and they know a friend that could help them and they're, you know, they're already going thinking like how do we get this out of my head and get into the real world mm. and you know, I'm a firm believer that, uh, like I was saying earlier with you know, like everyone really has a good idea. Um, I just think sometimes, um, probably more rare so than others, that good idea correlates with the right kind of person who can actually take uh, effect with it. So I think most people like sit with great ideas and they're aware to some capacity or some degree that like this is a really good idea, but they just aren't gifted with the right circumstances. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's work, maybe it's abil personal ability, and they just can't get it off the table. And I think there's something there that happens when people are aware that they're sitting on like this really good idea, but they just, they think that it's like inadequacy within themselves, within themselves not to execute that idea. They don't realize that it's actually the, although it's good, it's just not for them. 
Like That's they actually, thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like, shit, like this is a great idea. I really think we should get this fashion brand off. But they just aren't the right people for yeah. it. Their skills are more suited to whatever, whatever, whatever. And they don't make that connection. They sort of hover on there. So I'll you know, completely do, uh, bring it back and say that it's, uh, you know, before Cheeky, I really, like last year, I was saying like I went through lots of different businesses. I mean, like one, at one stage, I was literally ready to get a business called Brew Crew off the ground, which is like for tourism in Cape Town. You can totally do this, by the way. Like, you can go out <laughs> the there. The idea is yours. It's, I'm going to see what chocolates. You can do it. Like, I'll tell you the downfalls, whatever. Um, so it was basically doing uh, sunrise and sunset experience tours for like Lion's Head. So like, imagine you've got five different locations around Cape Town, morning sunrise coffee brews. So it's like a kind of like a coffee experience. One of my most beautiful things to do is early morning super chilled hike up lion's head watch the sunrise yeah. we do it with friends all the time and you've got a little like mocha pot with you um, and i was like well, this would be, like tourists would kill and definitely pay for this experience like if they could be like a small group of four or five people hiking up the mountain have a little espresso thing going on like it's a, and there's a little bit of a coffee service thing going on but yeah. you do that and you've got all these like tour guides like sort of like it's like i can definitely do this and then like do a craft beer thing for the afternoons and you, oh, sick. so it's like a seasonal thing but then i was like yeah but like that means you have to have like Bunsen fire on the mountain and permits and like I just got into the and it's seasonal and so like I went through stuff like that I wanted to get into starting to do and I'm going to bring this back to to answer this one question of like no. 50 <laughs> sorry I'm still, this is the one question I'm, I'm going to try and sneak questions in between you just yeah we'll just, we'll just tell me to shut up when I'm like no. going on too much we can always do part one and part two okay cool but I will <laughs> this is coming to a conclusion with that question um in terms of like how to get things going and so like that for various reasons I was like no but like I still like register like this is just shout out like tip 101 from my side at least is like register the domain get the insta handle like reserve the company 100%. name it costs you 50 bucks just do that because from your own side like you're like cool like check the boxes I've got that they move on if, if it's a bad idea you've lost a couple of hundred bucks like it's not a big deal but like it's easy it takes a couple of minutes to check that um and I wanted to do a packaging thing, so I've always loved branding and packaging, especially... Yeah. And you're really good at it. I mean, Nifty, Nifty <clears throat> was also really well Thank you. put together. I'm not. I'm definitely not a graphic designer. Like, I would hate to call to... So I'm petrified of focusing on one skill set only and calling that me. Like, I would hate to be uh, um, a graphic designer only because I just... I don't have that skill set. Like, I'm not trained enough to look at your corporate identity, understand it, and give you a one-off shot because like that's what I'm good at like I'm good at like a one-off shot and from the get-go I'm like I think this is right this feels a thousand percent right for yeah. me and I've only really done it for myself and I'm the client so it's exactly. different for me like if I give you that one-off shot and I'm like I'm hell-bent that this is what Candace needs for yeah, her personal yeah, yeah. branding <laughs> and, and designing is hard I mean I did yeah. graphic and web design for the yeah. first part of my career mm. and it's difficult to because a lot of people will see something but not really communicate it yeah. and then you have to try and navigate around that and you're like okay I just hope this is right because exactly oh my god there's this funny account I will afford it to you it's called designer humor on Instagram designer humor it's like littered with like photoshop and illustrator jokes for designer it's oh, like the right. most it's it's literally I wake up and I'm like the first laugh of the day but it's that thing where like you may see the vision or the clarity uh, or the and the client doesn't and you're just like oh my gosh so that's like focusing specifically on one, uh, one skill set has always like freaked me out. So I've always like jumped from different things and I've been jumping around I think enough now where I've got like quite a competent um, sort of tack on like things like packaging, graphic, web, communication, social, whatever, where you start becoming, you start being able to, we've talked about the capacity of, of taking on an idea. You actually start becoming like quite adept at like taking on multiple ideas. So it becomes a bit of a problem because like 
you'll have this idea of you're like, I could literally do that. You're like, mm. but is this for me? But is it for me? Yeah. And this is sometimes, yeah. yeah. Let me not interrupt. No, 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 no. Yeah. you need to. You need to. You totally <laughs> need to just jump in there because I'm a motor mouth. Um, so, you know, the first step, I think, honestly, right now, if I was like 20 years old, starting my first business, well, about to, and looking at three different ideas, I would legit, and this is so old school, like, I think business textbook 101, which is like, you've got a great idea just because you could do it doesn't mean you should do it. Mm. Why do you want to do it? And like, as I now I'm in my thirties, I'm like, this is like a question I'm starting to ask myself more. So like, what are the whys? Because that's the real reason we do everything in our life. It's not the how, like the how comes after the why, because once you've decided why I'm doing this podcast, you're then going to focus on like, how am I going to do this? Right. It's the first, it's the first inclination that you do something is like, there's got to be some reason. Maybe it's, you know, there's a, there's a gain to be had. Maybe you're helping out. And I didn't do that the first time around when I looked at business ideas. I was kind of like, why am I doing this? I was just, it felt good. I knew I could and I was excited and I just sunk my teeth into it and attacked. And I still kind of do that now, but I'm just like so, I'm trying so hard to, to curtail and be like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do a new product? Why do you want to do a new flavor of, of chocolate chickpeas? Why do you want to like, just ask yourself that because you could save yourself so much money and time. Um, so Honestly, the first thing really is like ask yourself why, um, but you've got to get the idea out of your head. Like it's it's simple as that. Like the longer it sits there, because and this is the final line to like answer that question in like a half an hour, which is the whole podcast. <laughs> and I better not lose this point now. Uh, I've totally lost the point. I've just I totally went black. Yeah. I was like I was gonna come to this hammer moment now, and it well, will come back to me. Well, that's a good like a good example. Sorry. So I'm busy reading Big Magic, and like I was telling you <clears> earlier, <throat> sometimes ideas basically flow through us, and yeah. if we don't ah, catch it at you. the right time, caught you. There we go. <laughs> Um, you have to let that idea go because you weren't present enough or you mm. weren't, it wasn't meant for you or something along those lines. I'm still busy reading the book, but I find it very interesting because a lot of times that literally happens mm. to me. I'm thinking of an idea or I'm saying an idea and it literally goes whoop mm. and it's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it wasn't meant for me or it was a very impatient idea. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's totally an instinct thing. And I think this is, uh, I don't know where I picked this up from. I think that was what I'm just saying, which is like, it's about how you learn to condition yourself into like responses. So if you have a gut feel, right, and this is something that I've, I've started to become quite aware of, it's like your gut feel is literally a muscle, right? And the more you act upon it and the more you, you trust it, the better it becomes and the I more accurate it becomes. So, much. so you get this gut feel that like, oh, this person, there's just something wrong with them or like this, this deal just doesn't feel right. That your body is, it's not just like this random thing in your microbiome that's like <laughs> dropping her. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, it's not just like something inside of you making you feel that it's wrong or right. It's actually a combination of things like your frontal cortex mm-hmm. and your memories and your senses and the energy if it's the, the person's in the room. But basically a gut feel, as you all know, is like a combination of multiple factors. Mostly your frontal lobe coming into effect saying to you that based on what I've seen, heard, thought, felt, listened to, this feels wrong. Yeah. And it's actually the most accurate thing that you have as a human being to act, but you know, for yourself and in, in any position to act upon. And the more you trust that, the better it is. So I think when it comes to like a business idea, you've got to like obviously like oh, that's completely like one eighteen <laughs> frontal core is a business idea. But like yeah, the why is a big thing, and you've got to get out there and just do it because I I know so many people with like great ideas and stuff, and you know you're talking to them six months later, and it's still an idea. And then it kind of fades. And I think it's same, It's the same thing with that gut feel. You've got to respond. The moment you feel it, you're like, ah, oh, that feels good. Like, jump on it. Because yeah. it's fresh. The feeling's there. And you're also promoting like that your gut feel is going to be there for you the next time. I know this sounds so like, ugh. 
But that's honestly, I think the more you... No, I'm leave, a huge advocate for listening to my gut and that initial feeling. Yeah, to act upon it, you know. To act upon it and also, like you said, not act upon it. And like, it all scrutinizes maybe there, but right, yeah. but do it right there. Because like, you, you know it is, like you watch an inspirational movie or you sit with someone, you're having a great chat, whatever, like you, after that you're like, those are the moments where you really need to be like, what am I going to, am I going to use this? Because that energy doesn't last. The next day or next hour it fades yeah. off. And anyway, it's been like, you've been to a race. You, that feeling is what you need to capitalize on. And it's something that I almost see it as literal capital is like this, this, the, the adrenaline rush of not just a new product launch, but it's like riding the wave and you've got to just figure out your way of maintaining that so that you can actually keep shit, like get shit out of your head because yeah. What I've started to do even, because I get the same mm. when I read or when I watch like a documentary or something literally just comes into my head while I'm laying on the couch. So I have a notepad on my phone yeah. and I literally write down, totally. it doesn't even make sense. No, no, just because you for, you'll literally you forget it. You will forget yeah. it. And I've started highlighting the books that I read. So yeah. the parts that really resonate with me. Yeah. And I just yeah. literally start highlighting them. Mm. Well, I mean, I just got this one book and it's probably the second book I've read this year. So yeah, I'm not I, like I, a... I had, I had plans to read a book a month this year. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that, that, that's a long-winded one, but yeah, just, just start doing things. I think start playing around, because the moment you start playing around, you literally see your idea on paper legitimately, and you start getting a better feel for whether it is and right for you. excitement. Yeah. Or scared. I mean, I've yeah. got both. So you, you've um, broken down the why, and I think it would be quite nice to work off that on the how. So mm. someone did ask, um, that was uh, such a smooth question. I <laughs> just like brought that in Thanks. there. They said, how do you find people to guide you in the areas that you don't know about? So you obviously are someone who takes on the whole business at mm -hmm. some point. Obviously, there's elements. But how do you know when to delegate? And that's something we even had a conversation yeah, about. about but I think it is an important point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do we delegate? And then how do you find the right people to help you? I in think the, let's just say how to find the people to guide you in the areas okay, you don't guide know you. about. Okay, so holistically, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I am grateful and no, that's not the right word. I am lucky as fuck in one degree, like super, super, super lucky and blessed to have some really cool people that just, I don't say come out of the cobwebs, but in my years of doing bits and pieces, I've come to mix with really cool people that are like way up there and like shouldn't even be talking to me. People that I'm like, yo bro, what's happening? And like, he's the big dog there and there and there and I'm just like I don't even recognize like how cool it is to know people like that and just be able to like you know drop into their DMs and ask shit like you very quickly like forget like how lucky you are with some things so because I think I've just had a lot of years of doing various businesses I think some people have been following me um, for a bit longer and from different industries and like there's been this trust and sort of like okay cool if you've been around the block you've done some stuff like you can ask me a question holler at me if you need help so um, with food like I've got no um technical background in terms of like training or professional experience in the food industry I just I think I, I was like I know what I want to do and I, it's still, I mean we'll get into that as I'm sure it might be a different question but yeah. uh, but how I got into food but the right people I just knew already from previous business experience and I just asked I mean honestly it was so how do you find the right people to guide you and um, I actually don't know how because I didn't literally go out and like who are the people in here my mechanism is really, I think, related to the first question, which was just getting out there and doing shit. So I was like, hmm, chocolate. Okay, cool. Who are the chocolate players? Who's making chocolate? Let's meet with everyone. Let's send emails. Let's go to factories. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Let's go on gut fills. And, all, and legitimately, I went for quite a few meetings with people. 
Um, when I was starting out and we weren't making it ourselves, I, um, I took my samples that I made at home. Like, I'm the kind of guy, um, just to give you some context of like how I do shit, like, I'm like, cool, we need to make like a chocolate circular thing. Like, go to YouTube, watch videos, how the pros do it. We're like, cool, like, what can I make right now at home to prototype this? Let's take a drill, let's put a steel, steel bowls together, That's let's crazy. melt chocolate, let's put chickpeas in. And like, that kind of stuff immediately projects you onto the next core of like thinking in terms of how do I take this up a notch. Like, that very evening, you've got something spinning in your kitchen, chocolate's melting, you're learning about tempering. You, 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 you like it's just you, your hand, you, your the uptick in learning is so quick, so fast, and it gets you excited, and then if it moves on to the next thing. And I think it actually <clears throat> it happens like that when you are obsessed with it. You've got you, you've obsessed. got you've got to be obsessed. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've got to already then committed to the like, that. Cool. Like, why am I doing this? But um, so like my nature is like very. I'm, I will jump into the this very quickly. Mm. Like, there's zero hesitation, um, and when it comes to confidence, that may be a question later on. But like. I definitely think there's a strong correlation between people that get the ideas out of their heads and then actually start executing is the level of confidence. I think if there's one barometric factor that I think is, is can correlate to not success because like I can fail and I will fail at some point, maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow. It's it's more like you're able to get a product out there that people like and it's ticking boxes. Where I'm not judging success by how much money you made or how long you did. I mean success by like you actually did what you said you wanted to do and you got it out there and then the public are interacting with it. You've mentioned money now and I know that a few of them asked um, what happens when you don't have a lot of money and you want to start a business. So then that, that's I mean like get... that's that's no, a very no, interesting totally. I mean I've sold I've sold like a vehicle of mine, I've sold a bike of mine to, you know, been up for there 60 grand. Yeah, I know, for this thing, yeah, there's 60 grand right there. You'd be surprised what you can do with 60,000 rand. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not going to like give too much away, but like legitimately you could start like, I think, like it's just about like how you, okay, there's multiple ways to answer this, but, um, okay, so finance is like a big topic. Um, yeah. So let's bring it down to, wait, wait, what was the, what was the second question? Just now, I want to like bring it back to that. The second yeah, question. Before before money, because I'm gonna that may be like a whole different topic we're gonna get into now. So the second one was I think it was I was just going into more people and and, and how people how yeah, how you find people to help you in the yes, industry. Okay, that's well, right. I, I guess that yeah. was it, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to like to keep a train of thought here. So um like I think for me it was just a case of like getting out there and doing stuff and like we're talking about the barometric factor of like confidence and like actually being able to do stuff. So Maybe that flows nicely into into money as well. Like you have a little bit of money or you've got a really big idea and you've only got a little bit of money. How do you do that? Um, there's the why or there's the like, is this idea for me? Because then you've got to go like, shit, I need 100,000 rand. I only have 20. Are you are you certain enough that that yeah. thing you're chasing is worth you going to the bank, going to your parents, getting maxing of the credit card, going and getting uh, a loan? Because that immediately then has to stand up against your desire to want to do the thing, the whys. Yeah. Um, so I didn't borrow, like I sold a lot of stuff like through Nifty, that was a four or five year business. We sold that, we sold that to a really cool couple who drove that forward. I'm not, not gonna say whether I like where it's going or I haven't looked back at all. I honestly, honestly don't even follow it, but like we made some money out of that. So like that money, and this is to quote Paul once again, Paul Cardinal, you're a legend. Um, <laughs> One of his things he said to me was that when you get onto this train of, of doing businesses, and I'm not in the business of selling businesses, it's just... It uh, happened to be something that was part of your journey. Uh, part of your journey, and uh, it, it's kind of like a chameleon effect, I think. Um, I know for myself that there's a point where I just 
I get bored. Um, I literally, I fall out of love. Like, I, one day I just wake up and I'm like, this it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want to do something completely new. And I want to build, it's, the, it's like take nothing and make something. Like, that is the addictive stage. Um, and that's like the future goal, just like building things and moving on. Um, but really, it's a case of if you have a bit of money and you build a little business and then you're fortunate enough to find new people that want to take that passion forward and hopefully you make a bit of a profit in that. That kind of idea, which I was sort of taught, was that that money should keep you unemployed, should allow you to stay unemployed for long enough to start your next thing. It's literally the struggle to stay unemployed before, to get your next thing. Because the yeah. moment you, I'm not look at this is not to say that getting employed or having a salary is bad. It's like I, um, I thought of like getting a paycheck right now is the most amazing thing. But there's definitely a strong relation. Like if you're going to go into your own business and start your own thing, I it's a, I. I would struggle to really imagine how to get something off the ground very quickly within the space of a year, six months, while holding down a full-time job. Um, and it being in like, it's a big effort, like it's a retail product or it's a big, it's not like a side venture, it's, it's not like a small... Hustle or something. I don't even want to say e-commerce because I don't want to offend people, but it's not just a site, it's like something that's really big and it's out there and it's it's at scale where it needs its own facility. Like it's hard, I have no, I don't know how to do that, like I don't have the means to be able to like hold on a full-time job and do that, but... Um, so it's definitely a case of like having a little bit of collateral to start and then, um, like maximizing that as possible. This is like, it's getting so fluid. Sorry. It's one no, of the places. So, so like true. these Don't are worry. such loaded topics because each one is like, a, like hours worth of, of talking. Of talking. Yeah. yeah. So I think just at least creating the conversation in each person's head mm. who's maybe asked these questions is finance. Yeah. I think, I think that's okay. So let's, let's, yeah. let's focus on it because there's a lot more to be said that I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm properly giving it justice. I'm just like waffling. <laughs> But so money is a real bill because like oh, honestly like if you don't have any cash you ain't going anywhere like you can't start something from there unless you get together partners that do have the money and you've got the ideas that's cool I haven't done that in terms of having like financial partners like um, my previous business my partner was Talia Goldberg shout out Tal <laughs> uh, like we worked really crazily together we also like, fought like hell but we had like the right kind of fiery zest to like push each other and annoy each other. Um, but we never had a point where like we went to look for outside ventures. Like I, I literally don't have any idea of like, like the whole startup scene is like riddled with going and getting like series round funding. Like, like I looked at all that. I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't have time. I just know that I need to make some Polaroid frames and we need to buy another printer. Like I'm very logical and, and progressive in that step. Like it's, and I'm like, cool. I can spend three hours trying to like pitch for money or I can like, Let's just make, let's just print print more, yeah, which is not right or wrong. It's just like my way of doing things. But I really think you've got to, like you've got to, it's risky to put all in. Like, I think it's very risky to go like, okay, cool. I'm quitting my job. I'm giving myself three months with my 30 grand in my bank. And if I don't do it, I'm fucked. Like, I think that is something that I probably would say don't do because that excess pressure, you've got enough pressure to just to start a business and put yourself out there and to meet deadlines. The pressure for you to draw a salary or to draw a living wage or something or for that business to actually, like for you to say, I'm launching today and in six months this needs to start like working. Mm-hmm. That kind of pressure I think can kill a business because that's the, what I feel a lot of people get into very quickly is they like big expectations. Maybe they've got the perfect brand, the perfect uh, product, but it's just this like this pressure that the business has got to get off the ground and sell and, and start being start having um, capital revenue very very quickly. I'm not saying like um, you should start a business and you could just like yolo it on the side. Mm. It's just you've got to have enough cash to let it grow um, organically 
and and keep it small. Like I mean, I my only way of doing business is the way I know, which is one of a trillion ways of doing business. And exactly. It's yeah. definitely small and slow and steady. And I want to be around. Like I always start an. I don't start an idea with like, hey, I'm going to sell this in three years. I'm like, if this was the one thing I was going to do my whole life, like, is the way I'm doing it now kind of the way that you could do it your whole yeah, life. Yeah, and this is kind of, and it's the only way I can do it. Like, like yeah. I mean, right now with Cheeky, I mean, where we do our distribution stuff, it's like not the way the industry does food distribution, but it's the only way that I can do it or want to do it right now because I'm not going to give like 12% of my invoices to like distributors and stuff just yet. That's like a goal. Yeah, um, that's the, like dependent on the, the actual growth of the company, yeah. I guess, because it's going to get, I mean... It will, will get there, but it, it's, I think it's just a case of like also reading between the lines and, and not taking too much reference from from other businesses and other people's advice for like, these are the ways to do things. Like you have to sell it at a shop and then you have to put on this kind of... Like there are like there are many ways to skin a cat. Mm. <laughs> so with capital, it really is a tricky thing because the amount of money you have ultimately is going to decide whether your idea is suited to you or not. Like straight up. And I think that's the hard truth. I think a lot of people do tend to find the answers that they want to hear when it comes to starting a business. But mm. I, I mean, I personally experienced it half, um, myself when I started my brand, but I did maybe a different way. I basically worked myself to the ground yeah. in order to create something. Um, so I, I basically worked, I'd say with admin at night and in the morning about 16 hours a day mm. for three years mm. to then launch an app and an ebook mm. which then allowed me to scale back on that intensity mm. now but i had to work really 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 hard mm. um to get to that point yeah it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one to get to the point where i had enough money to do the idea yeah. i wanted to do it's very tricky because you can i i, I don't like the word burnout because it's, it's too or i hate words that, that are too inclusive like too like definitive or too like define too much like one word just covers this whole blanket yeah. thing but you, that falling out of love is a very real thing. And I think if, if most people won't understand that or what we mean when you say you fall out of love with your business idea or the thing that you're going after. Um, because for me, like my definition is I'm, I'm only as good as the thing I'm going after. Like I know that my addiction in doing brands and companies is, is it's what I what keeps me up. It's what get, what literally gives my life. It makes you feel alive. It, it, being behind something and pushing that is like, it's my version of, of living. And it, it, it's like, it's stressful, it's crazy, but like it literally makes me feel alive more than anything else I've experienced so far. Um, and the problem with that is that you put so much love and energy into that, that, you know, if you fall out of love with something, you literally just can't fake it. Like you cannot fake mm. it. Like I could not fake being behind something, being behind a business brand. Like I could not be like, buy my cup of coffee. Like I just couldn't do it. I would rather sell frutos on the sidewalk and be free and, and happy. I would literally like just, it's, um, so the pushing, uh, pushing hard and burning the midnight oil is cool. You just got to watch that and got to, exactly, you got to yeah. see it as credit in the bank. Like do it once in a while. Don't do it all the time because you could do it and get product to market. And then you just, you just, you're over it. You just something and people see it immediately, especially yeah. in this day and age where everything is online yeah. for everyone to see. Mm. So I'm going to quickly do a 180 and we're going to go Quick into a, a different question. Okay. And I think you have somewhat answered it, but. Someone asked, it, do you recommend doing short courses um, when you start a business if you don't know exactly? But I feel like you answered that with your YouTube. No, no, I, w- I would tell you. So I would, I yes, I, I haven't. I definitely wish I did. I wish, and I feel this is something that's typical of most people that are in business. That, oh, yeah, I definitely, I should have done short courses. Like I wish. I honestly just, I'll be blank honest with that and say I was too busy getting the idea going. Mm. Instead of, 
okay, this is going to offend a lot of people, but it's something that someone told me and I was just like, fuck yeah. Okay, so <laughs> just just bear with me, but it but it 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 rec- it it, um, it definitely um, sort of synchronized with the way I feel, which is like, if you're the kind of person that has to read the textbook, you're the wrong kind of person. And I know this is this is not to say like coding or Premiere Pro or like or using a camera. I say like the RFM met- method, like use the fucking read the fucking manual method, is definitely the way <laughs> I, to go. I never read a manual. <laughs> me neither. But I'm just saying, like I totally agree with it. But like, there's a part of me that strongly, strongly thinks that like. If the thing you're looking at doing or you're involved and you're about to jump into, if you have to read a 101 manual, like, and so I'm talking specifically of entrepreneurship and business. Yes, right? It's kind of yeah. like, a, not more about the, hey, I want to get into chocolate. How do I do chocolate? I'm more like, I want to get into the business side of, if we're talking business, so maybe the question is more centered around, I've got 20 grand, I want to start this idea. Let's mm. even just forget the idea. Let's talk about why you want to get into business. Because yeah, that's a very important probably nine, 80% of that is that you want to, and a lot of people may be listening to this, a large part of the interest in the word that we see brandished everywhere, entrepreneurship, because I don't like calling myself that. I just, it's just, it's an acronym of the thing for just doing shit. Um, instead of somebody tell you to do shit, which is that, uh, you are, oh, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, um, it's pretty dangerous. I, you like everyone wants to get into business and wants to do their own thing, but like only, I think only some people are like sort of suited for like the battle that like commences. And cause it, it it is a battle. It, it is a battle, but I think that the, the one, I've never, like, it's not to say that, like, like textbooks and 101s are bad. It's just that, like, if you've got to be like, hmm, okay, cool, how do we do business? And you, your first step isn't, like, how do we just get this idea out of there? How do we, like, melt chocolate? How do we do a packaging? Who do I know? Like, your mind starts immediately going off and firing with, like, a hundred different thousand things of, like, how do I do this? Or I don't know how to do that. Let's just hit YouTube. Like, it's just, like, basic stuff. The, the A different kind of person will, will ask questions a question every step of the way and like step back and ask your friend, hey, who's your supplier? Hey, who's your courier? Hey, hi. and you almost, like everybody's got that friend that asks like a lot of questions and because they're, they're kind of like trying to get into what you're doing and you kind of just want to tell them like, dude, just like fucking hit up Google and be like packaging factories, comma, K-tar, It's like taking the initiative. And cool. That's and probably my biggest peeve and I know that's also going to no, offend it, someone but yeah. I'm the kind of person also that if I don't understand something, like the the closest person I'll ask is Luke, and I'm yeah. like, how would I do this? And he'd be like, Google it, and he's just like my reminder to and Google it. We literally have the world at our fingertips. Like literally, some of the so a lot of the people I work with were from like previous businesses, but even now with like chocolate packaging, I'll be like, okay, cool, this, 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 this. Go out, meet people, and literally by meeting human beings, you get a good feel for something, and you go for another meeting. That, but like, so like. It's that kind of like nature and tenacity. I think that is suited. For, those kind of people are suited for for doing business. But like, so short courses and stuff like totally, like totally down for it. I think if it's a skill based thing, like you need to know how to do your bookkeeping or you need to know how to do a specific yeah. task, one hundred and one. But on that same kind of note, like if you find if you're finding yourself like or if you like sort of fact check yourself and you're asking a hundred thousand questions about a hundred thousand things instead of just trying it and figuring out mm. like there's a lot of stuff you'll be surprised you could actually just figure out by like playing around in the kitchen like metaphorically instead of just always typing into google so google's there but it's the diff- it's, it's the blending of two that works well it's the person yeah. that that sits too much on the question side of things aka like i need a short course for everything before i can do it versus just jumping out there and fucking doing it yeah like because that bolsters your confidence. What we talked about, about that, like that barometric metric uh, thing for confidence. The more of that shit you have, the more likely you're just going to get out there and be like, that felt shit, I'll do it again tomorrow, I'll try this. 
versus like I don't know, no one's answering my question. Like I'll just wait till someone answers my question. Like yeah. you've got to be fucking relentless. And it's literally on my Instagram bio, and it's like the one thing that I've kept there, I think, for the longest, which for me feels like an accurate definition of like how I live my life, which is just like, just don't stop. So with that, you said relentless. Mm. Um, someone did ask a question about, um, does having a point of difference help in standing out amongst other entrepreneurs? So, I mean, you're saying you need to be relentless. Do you think that is something that falls into that question, or do you think your product is... It's, it's, a, it's a driver of the trend. So, like, I don't think I need to be anything. I just re- refer to relentless as, I think it's a, a definition of how I think I am. It's not something I'm trying to be or something I'm trying to perpetuate. I just think that if I look back on how I carry myself, how, uh, what I do, and how I, uh, the ships I've jumped into, I would say that, like, for me, if I had to self-assess, that's how I, like, would, could define myself. But um, a point of difference, I mean, I don't think you should just think about yourself so much. I think you should just be focused on the doing. Like, forget how you, your point of difference. Like, your point will come through in the thing you create, right? Yeah. So there's probably a strong definition between people that are, are brands as such, like their name becomes the thing that they sell, their time, their face, whatever it is, versus you take a step back and you go behind product or service, which is kind of like I think where I am. And for me, I want you to judge me on like uh, the thing I'm putting out there, you know, the quality of it, the consistency of it, like, like crit me and, and skin me alive, but do that on the basis of what I'm selling. Um, Unless upon, I'm not saying like obviously like if I'm a moral person like totally like you know mm. nail me to the wall, but like I, uh, you know the focus for me is on my thing and the thing that I'm branding and, and the myself. point of difference in your thing. Do you think there's a necessity for that? Uh, so point of difference is in like the reason for, because it's a big question like uh, the differentiation of the brand I think, or I think why it stands or it's quite quite broad. Yeah, <laughs> it is broad. Um, I think what they might mean, and this is just an assumption. So what would set your product apart yeah. from someone else, and is that difference important? Okay, so I'm gonna take my my take on that um, yeah. because there aren't so like when we launched this it was the first we're talking literally like chocolate covered chickpeas in South Africa. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so the goal for me is basically like the pl- the plant based malt eater. Um, I started out with wanting to do a whole range of products. I'm chickpea oriented, and I quickly learned through some really really great advice um, from some people um, that focus is key, and it's something that I've. Not lacked, but I'm like, I think I see it a lot in people and wanting to differentiate very quickly, offer different services, different products, like they get something to market immediately, they want to do the next version of it instead of you've got there, now run the marathon and just keep going every day, every day. And uh, so I look at this and I think the point of differentiation for me is I go, cool, if tomorrow there were four or five different cheeky goes on the shelf, I'm hoping that you'll cho- choose my one. Because there's just something different about it in terms of the lifeblood behind the brand. Um, it's not just a, it's not just businesses as usual. It's not just this thing on the shelf. There's and this is literally how I see my branding strategy and how I like how I grow cheeky and how I'm focusing on orbs. Is that when you go to the shop, right? You're not going to choose. You're going to find my product. Like spa is a is a warehouse for orbs. Everything else is just a waste of time. You're going there because you want and you're going there specifically. Um, to, to grab a box of orbs because you've maybe been following us online because there's some aspect about the branding or the story we're telling which you resonate with or maybe you just think it's cooler than the rest but like my goal is to stand out by being alive by being something that like driving an emotion almost around. an emotion like yeah. like it's just and I don't know it's very hard to explain it because it's I'm so like I've had people tell me that and these are like business pros that have like been in the business for like 10 years longer than I have and like they're like 
the, the, the key to business success and staying alive is, is to have no emotional connection to your, your brand and your business so that if it fails, you move on like, I don't know how to do that yet. Maybe that's the goal. But I'm so emotionally invested in this. I'm like every single person. Maybe your emotion just fades when you're done. Well, that, that love thing we talk. No, no, totally, totally. But I, 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 so the differentiation point is like, look, at the moment, like obviously we're plant-based. So like that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm not trying to do a vegan brand. I'm trying to create a healthy-ish sweet treat that's better than the rest that's using. Like I watched this 50-minute uh, this documentary last night. that really got me fucking like. Pumped. Quite pumped, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, so it's on Rotten Netflix. Uh, it's called Bitter Bitter Chocolate. Um, the Rotten series is pretty cool. It's like I know I watched most really of it. Cool, yeah. It's a new one. New one. Because it comes it's out every season. Thursday. Hey? Yeah, this is a uh, watch it last night. It's called Bitter Chocolate, and it's basically like I kind of know the, the how the cocoa. I watched uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So like I knew a bit about it, and to be honest, I just haven't had like enough time to go into detail. And I just like I watched and I was like, there's a lot that I can do here. There's a lot that I can do with this business and trying to really not promote the fact that we use a single origin chocolate. So our chocolate comes directly from Tanzania. Single origin is direct trade. That means that, that, means that the beans are being, um, being traded directly with the farmers. There's no intermediary. There's no fair trade. There's no certification. A lot of these, these standards are intermediaries where people come in and set minimum wage rolls. And if you know anything about the cocoa trade, um, cocoa traders um, in general is that they set prices that are very often unfair and don't take into consideration actually changes in the farmers. Like, like literally something ridiculous like the people that come collect the beans from the from the farm and take it to like the ports they their price to the farmer changes dependent on the, like the weathering of the road and the farmer mm -hmm. has no say because they're the only people they see and they have to t sell their and beans and by the time they get there they can't say no to the money and i watched it it was yeah, so crazy yeah. so like i watched that and i'll be bringing this back to this differentiation for no, now no 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 it's so good and i was like holy shit like there's so much that i don't know yeah i'm in this chocolate business and it got me thinking, like, what can I do with this tiny little thing that I've got where I'm using this good quality chocolate, which I'm, like, very happy to be using, um, but I can do more here. Like, I want to inform people, and maybe there's a way that I can use Cheeky and the chocolate we use to start this education incubator where we get people to understand where their chocolate comes from, how it's actually the sweetest industry is actually one of the most bitter behind the scenes, and start working with the people that we work with, with Cocoa Beans, to see, like... It, Maybe it's a case of like one rand for every box from today it goes towards some fund yeah. which just helps. Like there's some organization, well, not organizations, but like Cocoa Beans coming to South Africa. There's some kind of like, so, just something or yeah. just something that and I want to do. And even just the awareness to begin with, I yeah. think is great. So, so, um, so the point of differentiation is, look, I'm doing I'm a plant-based thing. Like I made a decision from the beginning that every product I do will not involve any animal products by default. That is coupled with feelings and thoughts and emotions from my personal side. It's, it's more from a logistical point of view of the state of our planet, um, animal agriculture. I'm not going to get into all of that too much, but it's really just the case of like, so that's my immediate like point of differentiation is that uh, Cheeky Co and its products um, need to be plant-based. But it's more about like a fun brand that's alive, right? Mm. If I look at what I did with Cheeky, um, Tal and I did with Cheeky and how she, I mean, she did the marketing and pushed that mostly and she did a fantastic job and I really learned a large part of um, what I do now, I think now, from her and, you know, I'd be like on the printer and like designing like something and she'd be like, look at all these amazing people like like, and, like I literally would look at it and be like nod my head yeah. to, and, I, and I'm seeing it now firsthand and it's, it's radical how I'm like, I immediately and I can go back in time and see how she was being like wow look at all this and i was just like nodding my head to be like i need to focus i need to get work done um but 
the that energy what we were doing with nifty was just like a lovable brand where there was some level of transparency and if i look at brands out there right now let's say specifically sweet treats confectionery in cape town south africa i think the market is wide open um for not just new products and brands but people who actually have a voice and they're willing to be a little bit transparent they say this is me this is my product this is what i'm doing and you know you know who you're talking to when you buy my product off the shelf exactly you know there, that, there that, is that emotional yeah. connection and oh. i think that's what definitely drives there so so the the, the, the thing for me is 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 not just selling a product for product's sake not just content i'd like to say like not just content for content's sake it's doing something with the zest for life literally yeah. it's no. Zest. <laughs> it, no, yeah. there's a new all yeah, yeah 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 it's so, here it's uh, it's, it's so, so beautiful Cold Zone. so like man it's a hard thing to, to say in a sentence but like my point of differentiation is like it's me it really is me and the brand and it really is my energy and and like my zest for life that i'm trying to come across and hopefully that when you see it on the shelf there's like a little bit of like a, a halo around it and like my goal really really is to stand out by by being fairly transparent and and hopefully as we grow taking some cool steps into doing like doing business is unusual like i really like I watched this last night, I was like actually shocked at myself at how little I knew, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I really can do more here if I can bring a product to the shelf and, and sell it. Like I can definitely do a little bit something more. And part of the problem I think that people it's like with helping others. People go like, "Okay, there are people in the streets that need help. Um, it's great to do like one-off hits. Um, I saw you did some amazing work. Like you did soup cushions, so that was fucking rad. Like that, that stuff is amazing. And I definitely did my time." Um, before Cheeky where I think once every month whatever I did like a little soup kit I went I had my um, my studio for Nifty in Woodstock in Side Street Studios next to the Woodstock Exchange and my back door was like on literally Woodstock to like the main road every now and then I would just open my door and I'd have a pot of soup and but oh, I would I, I did that. it very silently like nothing online just and I promise you the feeling you get it's like goosebumps you walk away and it's you cannot buy that feeling of like yeah and because that's the goal that you get back is giving away and like you mm. get this like fuck I did something good and it's actually like it makes my skin tingle right now when you think you're like holy shit you do not understand what it's like to suffer like you've got a little pot of soup and giving it to someone and that very moment like they are just they're just happy just for a yeah. fleeting moment I'm they're so happy. thankful thankful just for that, that moment and you're part of that reason um i want to try and take that and, and bring that into this somehow um, and i think there. because you have now brought it to it will continue to scale up so will that opportunity to give back you know, if it would be yeah. at such a bigger scale than what it would have been if you exactly, were just... Exactly, exactly. And this, you're 100% right. Because the thing is, I think well, a lot of people go like, I want to do good, I want to do that. And they immediately start thinking a bit too big. Like, this weekend I want to go out and like, build a fucking house. But it's like, there's a guy like on your corner who's just there. Just start small. Start with that one person. Like, yeah. help one person. Because it's like, I think it's literally like training for a marathon. It's more about like getting out daily and running than the big warrior weekends or the big out, big ass workouts for the week that you may or may not be in the mood for next week. And I think that goes into every aspect of your life. It's Everything. Just the way, yeah. Okay, I think we deviated slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really. going to bring it back. Cool. And I'm going to bring it back to another question. Sorry, guys. This is just how it is. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. Um, okay, so you did mention how you have brought across the emotional side of the brand, which I think I'm going to assume has been a huge, ben um, a huge part of social media. Yeah. So someone asked, is there other ways that are not better, but as um, potent? Yeah. Well, then, marketing, then social, right? yeah, marketing yeah, brand, then social. This is media. a very, this is a very hot topic for me right now. Is, is 
if Instagram broke tomorrow, yeah, what would, would you your do? marketing strategy, your business, what you do for a living, would you carry on content? How would it affect you? Like Tomorrow, would you wake up and be like, oh, fuck, I don't have a presence anymore. Or, oh, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to be pitching my product tomorrow or, or my launch is through. Even me, like a large part of that is like, shit, like that's like really sucks because I'm really leveraging Instagram and like everything. And it's a massive gaping issue for me because I hate having... And it was part of the reasons why we ended up wanting to sell Nifty is because it was based on Instagram. It was a business based on a business and I would work yeah. up perpetually being horrified of this. Like, what if Instagram breaks tomorrow? Like, I literally don't have a business anymore because most of our sales are Instagram based. So this is where stu- Cheeky Story started. Like, literally, me on the promenade selling chickpea cookie dough that's illegally. That's so funny because that's where mine started. That fucking <laughs> high five. Yes. The like, promenade, that's where I did all my fit clubs. Old school... <laughs> I promise you know I've got photos. I've got my first business card as far back as I can. My first legit business card. I think it was probably sixteen. No, probably sixteen years old. It was called Bayside Fitness, not B A E. Oh, was it fitness based as well? No, I was like a literal literal coach for like a year. For like a year, I basically was like training babes. Okay, but like they were friends basically. But it was like yeah, I know. I had no idea. I was just like, okay, cool. We're gonna do biscuit steps. We're gonna do okay push ups. So, but it was part of my, uh, my, like, if I look back, I've always done shit like this. Like, my primary yeah. school, I was selling brownies, and I was the guy, like, with the cinnamon and the salt and the sugar, like, selling for one round of pancakes. That. Like, that's my, that's why I don't, like, it's all just the same to me. It's just different. Um, but, uh, what, sorry, what was the question? What are we going on about now? We were saying if, basically, if Instagram was social oh, yeah, media yeah, yeah, had yeah, to yeah. break, okay. how so the, the else po- would you market your business? Okay, so this <laughs> is the thing. So, like, maybe you and I have got, like, these backgrounds, of, like, we've been out there in the rough, like... You'd be like, okay, cool, tomorrow I'm totally selling like pancakes on the promenade. I've literally got to go stand there. It could mm. be awkward. It could rain. It could be like you literally have to get out there and, and get into people's faces. You're hoping that people will come because you've told them to. But a large part of you is like, I can't just hide behind a wall or be in a room or be at a cafe and be and have this intermediary, which is called in the internet, where I can you know perpetuate myself and my brand. Without that intermediary or the, or AKA the smartphone, you literally have to be there. And I think that's having been and done both sides is really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm now more, more than ever gravitating to want to go back to those old school sort of methods of guerrilla marketing, like fucking give me stick. And I did it with Cheeky from mm. the beginning. And all the wellnesses and all of that, you were there. Yeah. But I mean like a bit more old school. I mean, uh, this is a, an interesting um, side note now. So like when Vita started, so Vita Cafe, like, you know, I think one of the originals sort of in terms of bringing like cafe quality coffee to South Africa, the concept of, of like not quite mug and bean, but like you wanted to go to a cafe because it was cool. Like a part of their story was, was shit like before they had even launched, they like printed t-shirts and they would like hang out at other cafes with their brand That's and, so and their logo with their bucky <laughs> parked outside and like just to get, and they were just, yeah. that, was, that was literally the marketing strategy. They would like hang out and, at other at competitors coffee shops with, their, with like obrigado and shit. And I was like, that is fucking exactly what I would do right now. Like, I would, I would take my stickers, plaster them all over. That's what Luke and I did. Old we, school, totally. Because I had a juice business before yeah. I started um, anything on Instagram. It was actually one of my first businesses on there. Mm. And um, Luke had his first design one. And we yeah. both made stickers and we just stuck it on, like, stop streets. And now you said and everybody, everybody like, like, yeah. And, like... We felt so naughty as well because we would like run sticker sticker on the I know, no, no. And now, now we're like running and you're like kind of putting on Instagram. Okay, I did get like one or two people being like, it's bad for the environment. And I was like, shit, I didn't even think about that. Like, legitimately, yeah. people like, you're literally, I was like, fuck, I am actually literally. And I was like, I have all the locations. I'm going to go remove them. I was like, fuck. 
<laughs> but like you don't think of that. But I mean, so so yeah. you, so it's it's such an important question, and it's it's hard to cover in a couple of minutes. But um, yes, you sure the reliance on on social media now more than ever, I think, is a massive problem for people that have only come into it with Instagram being like all they're aware of is that. Because all everybody's watching everybody and everybody's following and everyone's trying to get 10k, 50k, 100k. Yeah. And swipe up. Exactly. <laughs> and the problem is we're all defer. And this is a, this is a Jonathan Ive quote. So Jonathan Ive, um, lead industrial designer for Apple. He's one of my like genius god people up there. Um, he designs your smartphone. Like he's the guy responsible for like the micro millimeter decisions. Luke will also appreciate. Um, it refers to it as defer, deferring to the screen or deferring to the devi device. It's like you've got all your capability, everything around you, all your awareness, and it's being sucked in and all your attention is being focused to the thing that you're focusing on. So whether it's the phone, the laptop, the human being, you defer to that moment over there. And I think right now the problem that I'm like scared of, it's also cool, but it's definitely an issue, is there's so much reliance on literally specifically Instagram, like specifically from Time spent to it's... to uh, comparisons, competitiveness, to judgment, to uh, to reasons for why the hows, the whys. It's it's, it's literally you look at something. Yeah. Oh, maybe I could do it. It's our deference to this thing called Instagram is from a societal point of view. I think a systemic issue. Like I really, and I, I cannot strongly um, emphasize that more than how. Probably, I'm not saying like Instagram's bad. I think it's amazing, but I think it's like a bit it of salt is, is amazing. Too perky. much is just. Like that two-hour thing comes up that you've been there, you spent your limit today, and like fucking get out of the way. Yeah. And I think we forgot the the art of marketing. And, yeah. You know, and I'm starting it's to. It's almost like laziness. It's lazy. It's and and it's designed as such. I mean, mm. it's it's 100% designed as such that instead of I mean, we can see it as something as simple as like promoting a post where you have to go through Facebook and go all this convoluted like settings and all of that. But then you'll get a nice sponsored post without like a blue button or whatever. It'll, but or you just do an Instagram, we click, 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 and promote a post. Like mm -hmm. we'll we go for the path of least resistance, right? And the, unfortunately, when it comes to marketing and getting out into public spaces, guerrilla marketing, printing T-shirts, uh, getting a group of friends around to on summer go to the beaches and give away free samples to people, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is what I'm excited about. Yeah. You know why? Because people aren't expecting that. Yeah. I'm not saying the you want to be. Touch yeah. I'm not saying yeah. if you're on the beach and you uh, come up to you and be like, here, try a chocolate or. But like, you'd probably be pretty surprised if like someone did it in a very eloquent way. So, yeah. hey there, just by the way, um, something that you haven't felt in a while, not just another sponsored mm -hmm. person. So, I think people need to start recognizing that like Instagram is just one of a thousand tools, but right now it's being treated and like I'm, the only one. And me too. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty mm -hmm. as charged, but it's on my for the forefront of my mind, which is that. That it's a problem. Um, that that all this effort and energy is just like literally company companies are launching like through Instagram. Yeah. Like like read good old like I'm I just one of the books I um I said I pick up last month, which is like oh, it's a book on uh, one of Ogilvy's books about like the basically like marketing one hundred and one. And this is kind of like contradictory to what I was saying about, but it's not because I want to know. I just want to like contrast it with what I'm doing at the moment. It's like. There's something still, there's something strange about like a good billboard with a good line that gets you, and you're just like, that's hmm. pretty smart. Yeah. Because it actually is a bit of creative, and it catches you surprise, surprise, and you know it's in a, it's in a unique space. It's not just there for you to see. It's something yeah. where you it caught you by surprise, and I think that moment is uh, there's something to be said about that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyway. like I also I realized when I was putting too much into Instagram, I 
thought, okay, but is that the only thing I want to be creative on? And then I decided to create my podcast. I started doing emailers. I yeah. did YouTube for a bit. Mm. Um, YouTube's not for me. I just find it to be an excessive amount of time. Twitter as well. Like I try on Twitter, but it's just a different space. I'm not space. funny enough. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't have the time to engage in like a full-on like public Great chat. Or like, yeah. like give me the when DMs. Yeah. To keep up with the trends yeah. and stuff. So I find that, like I said, it's important, but it's just. I think it's just that little bit more extra effort. And I think maybe when you've got so much going on, yeah. you lean towards the path of least resistance when really there is a lot to be said about the mm. the, the emotional impact that... Well, the meeting, the, the meeting the person. Exactly. I mean, we could, we could bring it down to like the dating aspect as well and look at like things like Tinder where it's just like food for thought and swipe, swipe, swipe. And it's this like, hey, to actually go out and meet the person is really quite like an ask and... So, like, even with the digital uh, differentiation of your brand, whether it's, like, uh, podcasting or whatever, I still, I still have a problem there because I'm going, like, it's still digital first and foremost. It's still, like, I want to be able to touch and feel and taste and interact and, and smell. And I want to interact with something in the real world mm. as part of your brand. But I think that's what your product will do because it is something that's tangible. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and now that you've got the emotion online, the product yeah. itself is something that isn't online, which is... But I want more, but, yeah. but I know, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I just want more because I just think there's, there's, there's always, there's so many great ideas out there yet to yeah. be discovered. I just think that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm auditing myself and going like, I'm stoked, but like I definitely can do a lot more than just have some cool pictures and some cool gifts and cool videos and be funny and, and be transparent. Like that's just one thing. Like I really, um, you know, I'm, I, I want like, not just the word for passion for it, but like I want to meet the people that literally, that like for me, like someone giving me, or giving a retailer cash to buy the thing that I made is just like the most incredible thing. Yeah. Like someone literally is buying your product and like I literally want to meet that person and just like audit them and be like, why, what got you to think? Yeah, what, because what, it, what it, makes you love it so much? It's a fascinating thing and the, the problem with like stuff like so, like social is that like you just, you see it as a number, you see a human being as a follower, a metric, you don't like see them as actually someone with like an emotional complex set of circumstances that became your fan. And that is, is the book that I want to read, not the, okay, the no. 10K goal read. Um, I mean, it's, believe me, it's, it's mm. flippin' amazing. Like when I had my meetups or if I went to Joburg or something, I'd always say, listen, if you mm. guys want to meet up for dinner, like just Yeah, I mean, you seem come. to be great at that. I mean, that, you put it out there that you like, you're like, hey. And, and then you meet all these amazing people with stories that you would have never heard of. And then you just continue the relationship afterwards. And it's, mm. it's a lot, it's. But it you seem to do so it more than, more than others where, uh, I mean, like I'm, a, I'm a horrible follower, so I'll put that out there. I'm horrible at like following other brands and people just because I, I, like, I cannot spend more time online by myself already. But the few people that I do follow, like, it's, it's cool to see because, I mean, you, you're, you, you, you recognize when someone's putting themselves out there like, hey, mm. I'll be in Joburg tomorrow. Let's do, you know, come meet me at 10 o'clock at the cafe. And because like you could get there and it could be like, maybe like three people reach out. But like, yeah, but still but you're three putting people that, yeah. that like, you're that doing you get it to connect with. You know you're not like, I mean? hey, let's do a Skype or let's just like... You're actually you're, you're making a physical something, yeah. which is cool. And I'm a huge fan of hugging. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next one. I think this might be a lengthy podcast, but it's fine. I'm sorry. We can, we can just cut it off and that's it. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, so a lady asked, how did you overcome doubt in starting your business? I'm not sure if that was just an mm. assumption because you didn't really have much doubt I don't think no you always have doubt I'm just trying to th um, think I'll answer that question look back in the beginning <sighs> doubt the doubt only came I think maybe towards the last two three months before launching 
but it, w- it wasn't going to be a factor because I was already so close to launching that it wasn't going to stop me. It was just more because you're so close with the thing and you know that it's going to happen, the doubt creeps in because you're like, oh my gosh, like this could be a terrible idea because it's, it's too late to step back now. I think it's that doubt. That doubt is good doubt because it's more like the... Like, like the, a fiery one. Yeah, at the last minute side, but it's not going to affect you. You're still going to go forward. The doubt in the early stages, I think, is a very dangerous thing where if you're, if that, if you're feeling feelings of doubt or you, you're kind of like having hit and miss questions of why or like, shit, how do I even do this? In the very early stages, there's a, probably a good reason for those things that you shouldn't do or something, something like that. you know what I mean? Like, you mm. probably shouldn't do it. In the beginning, it should just all be not smooth and buttery. The beginning, it should just be like chaotic, crash things, throw chocolate (laughs) on the wall, figure it out. The idea can manifest into something completely different. Trust. I wanted in the beginning. I was going. I was getting into protein, plant-based energy bars. Like I wasn't even getting into chickpeas, and I just found myself into chickpeas. I was looking at aquafaba, which is the brine of chickpeas. I was making egg whites. Um, with chickpea brine, I was like, oh, "This is cool. Let's do a nougat." And I did nougats, and I was like, "It was way too much sugar." And I went through a whole series of, of things before yeah. I started like come, uh, the the chocolate and chickpea thing. Um, and but I was willing to let that ride. And but no, there was no real doubt. Um, I think it was more there was there was more confidence than doubt. Like I just I was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it." And mm. I think there's it's for me it's like I don't have time for doubt. Doubt is a waste of time. I'd rather just. Do do the thing, thing I need to do tomorrow, I need to like go buy duct tape or to do that. Like, there's no time for duct. Uh, I don't know what you need a duct tape for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, used on me. Duct tape is pretty useful. <laughs> Let's keep us PG. Oh my goodness. Okay. How is your business plan set up? How do you decide when to earn and what to pay back into your business? Oh my gosh. I, I think that's question. a very intense question. No, no, we can do it because okay. I've got a very quick answer. I have no fucking idea. Like, I don't have a business plan. I wrote out in the beginning. So like, once again, it's the same thing with that like, 101 kind of stuff. And mm. I don't use me as an example. I'm probably like one or of a hundred. use you as an example because maybe that's the thing I that's... Know. I actually think that could be a huge part of why people don't start things. is because they start no, doing no, no, too no, much you research. Are, you are 100% right. So and then they're like, I can't do you're this. You're totally, you're a thousand percent right. Which is like, so, so going back to that earlier thing about like the 101, like, oh, there's the person that just does stuff and figures the question out. Versus the person that reads three different books and then gets to the answer. Mm. But by that stage, the per- that other guy or girl is like 100 steps around because they're on to the next yeah. one. They just did it. They just, it. It's the two kind of mentalities, mm. the willingness to just fail forward and that willingness to like only move forward. Oh, one Brown. Yeah, okay. yeah nice. just dropping it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like I, I honestly don't have a business plan in place that works. I mean, in the beginning, I, it's in here. Yeah. It's in my head like where I know what I need to do based on like this month, last month, the, the months coming up ahead. There's obviously a structure of the business. So once you've set up like, okay, are you a business to business? Are you a business to customer? I wrote out a business plan in the beginning, but those kind of things I find are more like in line when you're looking for investment and funding when you need to clearly communicate your mm. intentions and your plans to people that aren't part of your business and yes. need to make a decision to give you money. That's when that becomes very NB. I think when it's just you, you just need to do. Yeah. Like, when you get to a certain point where it's busy and you're like, whoa, okay, cool, crossroads, do we do five different products or we do different product sizes? Then you do like a self-audit and you like maybe put stuff on paper. But business plans are like that. Yeah, I think it's great, but like, uh, yeah, I think I'm... Don't yeah, have one. It's not for you. Uh, no, I think, it, I think it's necessary, but it's just like defined business plan because yeah. I have a business plan. Yours so could just be like, I'm doing this thing. No, no, I, I've got a very, very clear crystalline idea of where yeah. I'm going and what I'm doing with it. It just doesn't need to be put on paper. I don't need to yeah. see it on paper because I'm, I'm, I'm chiseling away and changing bullet notes every single day. The idea and the vision and, and the path is, 
is is part it's ingrained in me it's mm. my heart beats to that note for like it knows that but I don't need to like I can you can put me on a stage now and I can talk about it for hours on end I won't be able to tell you in what order but I can monologue and I can Amazing. and I'll make you believe and understand that like I know what I'm doing I just it's not like the structured thing that I could have known six exactly. months prior it, I'm working it out and when I finish the business if it fails or if I sell it whatever then I can give you that document <laughs> but up to that point <laughs> yeah man I think I yeah I don't know so on a month-to-month basis, um, someone did ask something along the lines as well, and they said, "Did you? Um, sorry, how did you juggle starting a business and manage to get by every month?" I'm assuming they're talking about a financial aspect. Did the previous business finance sold, made some money, kept me unemployed for long enough. Yeah, I did lots of consulting, so like packaging, graphic, uh, like I could do a large array of stuff. So behind the scenes, I've got like quite a few ways that I can like generate money. Um, I never promoted that. I tried, like one of the things I wanted to do last year was to get into packaging design, like a credit yeah. packaging, branding design consultancy. And like I got to a point where I had like logos and stuff and I literally just started getting a couple of jobs and I was just, and then like, I wanted to do that. So my goal legitimately was to do that while doing Cheeky, which is like to do and packaging and graphics. Well, no, no, but in my own time, so like kind of like doing what you do, but then you're also consulting uh, as like a, you're consulting other people, but like, I just couldn't. I was like, I can't do this. I, I, I literally cannot give 100% to your packaging graphics corporate identity job and then go back and toggle between the two. Um, I had money from Nifty. You know, I had, yeah. some, I had some capital which you sold from that business and in the intermediary between sort of October, November last year and now, um, yeah, I used all that money in R&D but then I also did a lot of consulting, a lot of work behind the scenes but it wasn't like full-time eight to five. It was a couple of hours there, a couple of hours there, stringing lots of pieces together but like, so it's a very unique kind of uh, circumstance where you can, you have to be able to afford to not generate an income for a while, a while um, or at least have other ways to be able to um, get some kind of revenue stream from. I mean, you can't, I, I'm not saying you can't work a nine to five and get a business off the ground. It's just, it's, it's going to take a long time and the chances are that that original why that I want to do this idea by the time you get to a year after we have the capital, you probably have going to have lost interest in it or it's just not going to be, the, 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 mm. the vision isn't going to be strong enough. It's a very unique, it's a very hybrid um, chemistry that comes together where you actually are in the right space in your life, where you've got some cash, some time, you know the right people, you've got the, the right, right energy, the right idea, the right circumstance where you can just go for it. Um, mm. It's like getting married. Like, I think it's you, these milestones you take and once you take them, it's very hard to, to, to go back and do different things. So... Um, yeah. Um there was one or two questions, but I feel like they were very disjointed from the whole conversation. Yeah. So I think I might leave them out. They were sure. like, How do you know how to put a like X amount of cost on packaging when shipping and stuff like that, which were very Okay, I'll just uh, one more minute of I'll, I'll just because I, that one about financial was, was important about because I feel like I yeah. just I dissed that a bit. I wasn't dissing business plans. I like I definitely asked all the questions when it came to shit I don't know. So it's like, okay, cool, how do I price my product? Like something specific like that. Um, How do you? I, I, yeah, so I know this whole podcast is coming across as like I'm just like YOLO businesses like Richard uh, Branson like business is unusual fucking yeah that's not how it is at all it's just more about the mentality and the way that I carry myself and what I do but it, it does come down back to that like if I don't know something I'm just going to figure it out YouTube it Google it ask a few friends and I'm immediately going to get as quick as possible to trying to do it I'm not going to like read the entire book I'll read just enough so I have an inkling and then rather instead of finishing the book make my own version of that by like teaching myself 
So um, like with accounting and bookkeeping, I'm like, cool, like, okay, cool. There's Sage, Pascal accounting, there's Zero. like get, get a couple of packages together, play with them. If I need to uh, cost my product, I looked at overseas versions of it. Um, I looked at local things with it. And there's a large part of it does come on gut feel. So I just went to shops. Like when I began uh, my first few months, I bought every single sweet thing. Like I spent, well, because I was there, I was going to do a bar. I bought every single chocolate, like Snickers, uh, Jungle Bar, Nosh Bar, uh, Boom Bar. Like I, I, I have pictures. Yourself. I bought every single chocolate bar, energy bar, protein bar, imported and local. I mean, I must have spent a couple of thousand rand. I mean, I have wrappers. I still have the wrappers. I studied every single wrapper. I looked at every single wrapper. Where's the barcode? Is it a local barcode? Is it, a, is it an imported barcode? Because you get different depending mm. on the number that it starts with. Um, what are the certifications? How do they describe that? The ingredient. I, so I had all my wrappers. I bought pouches. I bought boxes. Um, we then did a study. It was me and 10 friends. We then sampled every bar. We had categories for taste, text, uh, texture, taste, feel of the mouth, consistency, that. density. Uh, Post-test post review, do you feel that the price was worth the experience? What do you think of the packaging? Did it work? I did that for a month. I looked at every single... Uh, right. So this podcast doesn't talk about that kind of stuff, but I did all that shit. It's all there. I sampled every single thing. Did like my own little version of it. But like I didn't ask like, hey, what's the next step in doing product? Do we need to do a thing? I was just like, I feel like I need to understand what's out there before I put... Um, okay, so we just have to pause there because of some noise. <laughs> um, okay, so this is actually just very important stuff because the, the oversight over of this podcast is more emotional, like I was saying, where I think this is like maybe some nugget kind of stuff, which is like, you've got to cross your T's and C's. Like you've got to do the hardcore research. And so like straight up logical stuff, you want to put a, a chocolate bar on the shelf Go and taste every fucking chocolate bar out there to figure out if it's good or not. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. There are so many protein bars, so many energy bars, so many classics. And I like Snickers and Bar One are my favorites. Super simple. Um, and you think, oh my God, there's too much competition. But then when you actually go and try this stuff and you actually order it properly and you get friends in, like I was horrified, like uh, specifically within the sports energy Nutty, like we had these definitions, like nutty, crunchy, flaky, um, dewy, fruity, like thingy. We had gooey, like we all these things, like what kind of bars that tick the box and we averaged it up. Um, how in this, that category, most of it is shit. Like I straight up, most of the sports bars and thinking like I was like, this is crap. Like there's just so much stuff that's out there that's rubbish. It's out there for the picking. So like I was like, whoa, this is a, so that, that led me on to the next thing. So like that kind of research. Then doing like cost analysis, so they're going on and just taking pictures of, of competitors' products or what you think of it, mm. and then uh, ripping them apart, looking at the like just that kind of like bare bones kind of stuff, and then getting to a stage where you're looking at the chocolate bar and going like, could I make this at home? Like I got to a point where I was doing like kind of like raw, um, what's it, raw and sea point that kind of stuff where I was doing like frozen bar ones, like vegan frozen bar ones. Like I made my own versions, carrying them in freezer boxes for friends to try got to a point where we had like a really delicious like a uh, chickpea nougat bar one kind of vibe which was really delicious but i was just like fuck like this needs an enrobing machine like i need a factory i can't really pump the sudden molds in the fridge um and i was like it was actually going to be easier to do this where i could build the machines and play around so um there's all that kind of stuff in terms of getting your business idea off the ground as well you've got to like constantly check yourself and go like Okay, cool. Now I've discovered that actually the market is actually loaded with competitors and the thing that I'm wanting to bring to the market is actually going to be one of like a hundred other things. 
sure. Like you've got to be able mm. to make a 180 or pivot to something if you know if your gut feel, if you're still in the early stages. Don't just be like, oh my God, confidence, go, go, go. It, 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 the road to like getting something to the shelf, whether it's product or service, is littered with junctions. And I think you've got to be confident, but you've got to be like, smart you've got to be smart time. and in tune with like, yeah. hey, this feels wrong, do that. So um, I think it's from the finish of the saying, like, you know, if you're out there and you're wanting to get something um, on the shelf, like, it isn't just a one-liner of like, go hard, be confident, like, get the why, get the how, get... Like, yes, it's a full-on debate and it's a full-on marriage, it's a full-on relationship and you've got to, like, you've almost got to look at yourself and, and ask yourself, like, is this worth it? Like, am I the right person? Like, am I willing to kill myself for this? Because if you aren't, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You really, you're, you're going to have something that's going to be out there for, you're going to be one of those Instagram accounts where, like, six months ago, the content just stopped. <laughs> it was like, wow, and then, like, what happened to the brand? It just disappeared. And I think what happens a lot of the time is the person behind it just realizes... And I've got my own versions of that. Um, I have my own accounts I can pop up and say that I just stopped because I realized that like, this isn't for me or I found something that I like more and then I just and jumped. I, and I think that there's also a, um, a little bit of fear behind letting something go uh, mm. that isn't working anymore. And Oof, I think that that's it's a big really, that's a big really, really important to know so when to let go of something. Um, In all, relationship, life, advice, everything. Yeah. everything. Because um, we don't like to, um, and this is why I had this issue with this comment of like, don't get emotional with a business. And it's probably correct, because if you're not emotional, the moment it stops making sense, you stop it. Where if you're emotionally invested, it's like, well, this is all I know, I'll give it another shot. And you make you make allowances for things that should be allowed. Um, but on the same topic, there's also room an argument for like, sometimes you've got to push through the rubbish to get to the other side. Um, but like all of this really, um, I think the overtone of all this is so much is gut feel. Eh? Yeah. Like I, uh, and gut feel is, is only basically an accumulation of experience. So it's really coming together and asking yourself like where you are right now, whatever age you are, what are the accumulative experiences that you've gained and how do they relate to this thing that you want to do? If they're kind of in line, you've probably got a better shot than someone that doesn't because if you're coming from like a corporate uh, trading like very corporate background and you wanting to get into like highline street fashion whatever and you've got absolutely no idea of the industry the tempo it runs on the people that thrive off it like chances are you're not going to do it unless you're just putting the money in and you have a partner that understands that but yeah. like but if you come from a kind of a, a background that's in touch with that beat you just have been on the fringes of it that's a different conversation yeah. um, and I think that is something that maybe you're aware of or maybe you just have a gut feel that this was right for you but I think it comes down to that to those two streets so I'm going to ask you one last question shit <laughs> <laughs> and I normally ask um, what would you tell your 16 year old self but I think based on the conversation I would ask you what would you tell yourself the first time you decided you wanted to be someone who works for themselves and does their own thing and basically becomes an entrepreneur, what would you, if you could go back in time? I never asked myself a question. Um, I just ended up, I just said like, I've just always, I literally never asked myself the question like, do I want to be someone that works for myself or is it, do I want a, jo a job or do I want to start my own business? I've, I've literally never asked myself a question. I am aware right now that I am unemployable. Like I, I, I'm fully aware and that's almost would be like my second um, Instagram bio. Word. <laughs> Relentless and unemployable. <laughs> yeah, like, like I am like, because it's just, I know that about myself. I know that like I can do, I'm just, I can do so many things that I need to keep myself so stimulated to toggle between these things as much as I hate it. 
it's what keeps me alive that like it would it would kill my soul to do one thing day in day out mm. over and over again because i just would i wouldn't it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be there happy. so um i think i never asked myself the question like do i want to be in my own business because that was never the reason or would it I, even right now wouldn't be the reason why i would do it like just being in my own business it, it's the reason i do this is because it's not just all I know how to do, but it's just, I think, who I am. Like, I want to build... I like taking nothing and, and making something that people can enjoy and interact with. That process is what I'm in love with. And that process means that I kind of need to be behind it. So that's just the default. It's not like... I don't... It's like content for content's sake. I don't want to do business for business sake or be an entrepreneur for... I'm not interested in that. I don't, like, I don't care if I'm like a, no, a nobody. I The process of, of doing it is what I'm in love with. And it kind of means that I need to be the person driving that ship. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I totally, um, would look at it and go like, um, I would I like to do my own business and I like that I'm my own boss, but those are things I really think about. Um, in fact, I re it's, I couldn't fathom it any other way, other way. I know that if I had to fail tomorrow and had to go and wait to, to make cash for a year to start my next thing, then I'd do that. But it wouldn't, my goal wouldn't be saving up to become my own boss or start my own business. It would be a goal to get back to living and doing what I am creating. Yeah. And I actually wrote down a quote. This is some hardcore <laughs> anticipation here. It's like written down. No, no, no. It just was, it was from the, from the book that I was um, reading and it said that creation is decoration to my imagination. Creation is decoration to my imagination. That's a, that's some strong alliteration. Oh, okay. <laughs> I but I thought that that was really amazing because that's as sorry, someone yeah. like me, I felt really um, disheartened by uh, so much going on around mm. me that I've stopped so many ideas from happening mm. because of fear that it's already been done or that mm. it won't be what people expect. But then I thought to myself, the biggest disservice I could do to myself is to not create as someone who is someone who is creative mm. and when I read that quote that creation is decoration to my imagination mm. I just thought that's amazing because I love that yeah, like, it's, 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 yeah but you know that you, you probably are aware that like doing not just doing stuff but putting stuff out there and creating stuff where before there wasn't something like whether it's a podcast or it's a training thing app or class it's a product um super excited for I don't know what you're doing but it's sounds cool <laughs> Um, I'm like I'm trying to work it. I'm like Jesse's waffles. What are they? It's not even really part of it. It's just it's it's, it's part of the thing. Of the thing. The thing. Yeah. The, the putting it out into the cosmos. <laughs> but like you're probably in love with that process. Like oh, I mean, everybody everybody's excited about doing something, but it's it's less about like the moment when it drops and like watching people. I mean, for me, it's about watching the full circle. Um, I always call it from like the manufacturer to the customer and watching that full life cycle is what I'm obsessed about. Um, but. You, I think the right people are really um, driven by like the zero to nothing, like behind the mm. scenes, kind of like the creating part. Like That's the, my favorite. That is because, like, I literally get goosebumps. No, like no, 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 because it, it's the work that 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 needs to be um, obsessive. It's 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 the really the dog shit behind the scene. It's the stuff that like it's the non glamorous. Hey, I'm at Wellness Warehouse yesterday, like on my knees in some dirty, grimy stockroom, peeling off vinyl that I just collected an hour before, chopping it with an empty cutter, like spitting on the cloth so that the vine, like it's that kind of shit which you, you just don't even think about it for a second you just do it automatically because you, you're already seeing yourself like oh, I have to go stand in the store and do this thing it's the wrong kind of person to be like, oh, like but I mean like it's kind of like having a kid you know what I mean like, I don't know you, I haven't had a kid I haven't either <laughs> I don't know okay but, like having a puppy I yeah, can, yeah. I can put that it's in your head you have this idea of like living this life with this other mm. being 
but you don't think of the times where they get diarrhea and they poo up a wall yeah. or they get sick. Like it's all these aspects yeah. that you don't keep in mind, but you don't actually really care because the end goal of having that companion. Your reasons are right. Or you know what I mean? You're the wise are right. Yeah. yeah. You're like totally, I want none the of dog. That, none of that matters. Mm. You just keep on going. Um, but, but yeah, I think we should definitely edit. <laughs> this is a lot of editing. Well, just 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 upload YouTube as is right now. Just that's it, straight up. Um, High five! Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and your knowledge. And I think people are gonna just soak up all these nuggets. So yeah, right, there's a lot of emotional like ramble in there. But I think there's no way to like I get freaked out when I listen to stuff, um, whether it's podcast stuff, and it's like pitch perfect. Like it's almost like. Bullet, you're like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. almost like, how rehearsed is this? And the, the, so like the How I Built This Podcast, I'm sure like everyone always said that, like, yes. But it actually is just such a great um, thing, a uh, version of listening to people's stories because it actually is an honest story. You can hear that these people are just talking right off the cuff. They're yeah, talking from the Yeah, which is exactly heart. what you've done today. Like, we didn't plan any of this. I didn't even plan the questions, really. Mm. So I think it's going to be a lovely way to get to know you even better. And cheeky. And now I'm going to... Go do that thing. <laughs> go do that thing. I'm for breakfast. I'm so excited. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Go do that thing. Yeah, go do that thing. Comment on when when, when Candace pops this online, like, at your, your new, at, at your new business handle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, bye, guys.